we just finished a six-week sermon series on prayer. And if you missed any of those messages, go to our YouTube channel, go to our app, and you can download them and listen to them. I'd really encourage you to listen to them because it was such a great series. It actually transformed my prayer life. Just digging deeper into the Lord's Prayer and what it actually means for us as believers, as Christians, really just deepened my, my relationship with Jesus. So I really encourage you, download those if you didn't hear it. But what we learned is part of this prayer series, it's prayer is not only talking to God, but it's actually listening as well. God is a God who responds to each and every one of us. And there's this verse in John 10 where Jesus says, My sheep listen to my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. That's a very interesting statement from Jesus. What would you say if I called you a sheep? You'd probably be a little bit offended, right? You'd be like, that's a bit rude, Scott. Why would you call me that? Do you ever wonder why God compares us to sheep in the Bible? Is it because we're cute and cuddly and he sees us like that? Or is there other comparisons that we need to learn about? There has to be a reason why Jesus refers to himself as a shepherd and to us as his sheep. And that's what we're actually going to be exploring today in John chapter 10. Verse 24, it starts, The Jews who were gathered around him asked Jesus, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus answered and said, I did tell you, but you do not believe. The works that I do in, in my Father's name testify about me, but you do not believe because you are not of my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Again, his Jewish opponents picked up stones to stone him, but Jesus said to him, I've shown you many good works from the Father. Which of these do you stone me? We're not stoning you for any good work, they replied, but for blasphemy, because you are mere man, claim to be God. You, a mere man, claim to be God. Before we get into this message, I'd like to pray, so would you please join me? Heavenly Father, there is so much just just in this short passage of Scripture about your character, your nature, and who you really are, Jesus. So Lord, I pray that you would help me preach this verse, this chapter, with passion and conviction and mercy and love. That in the end, Lord, they wouldn't look to me, they'd only look to you, the one who brings life and life in all its fullness. In Jesus' name, amen. So there's this true story from eastern Turkey that I found about sheep. Now, it's this true story. There were 1,500 sheep in this pasture, and the shepherds, they were off having breakfast, and the sheep sort of wandered off over the hill, so the shepherd didn't know where they went. And what happened was, One of the sheep walked off and jumped off a cliff. So they all followed. All 1,500 sheep followed and jumped off the cliff as well. Weird fact that only 400 died because 400 fell to their death, but then they become like this soft pillow that the rest of them (laughs) fell on. So the rest of the like 1,100 actually survived. How weird is that? There's another story of a shepherd who had his sheep in the pen. And he goes, watch this, and he puts a rope across the gate or opens the gate, and as the sheep come out, they start jumping over the rope. 
And so they start jumping over and he cuts the rope. But the rest of the sheep start jumping as well. They start jumping over this imaginary rope until they all come out and the last one jumps over the rope as well. How weird is that? Why wouldn't you be one of the sheep and go, hang on, there's nothing there. Why are we doing this? Why are we jumping? This is really weird. But none of them. They all just jumped over, right? It's pretty funny, but it's pretty stupid. Like how many times do we follow someone that's leading us in the wrong direction or do things because everyone else is doing it? So are we as dumb as these sheep? Is that what Jesus is saying? Yes, but no as well. John chapter 10 in John's Gospel, is it describes our relationship with God, and that's really important for us to understand, but also is a very clear description of our sin nature and its effects on humanity. Even though it highlights our sins and its effects, it's also one of the most hope-filled, comforting chapters in the Bible because Jesus explains that we actually belong to him. He says he calls his sheep, he says, my sheep. So the more we understand that we are his sheep, the better we're actually able to live a life that stays close to Jesus in all our circumstances. You know, God's people being characterized as sheep, it's a common thing throughout the whole Bible, throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. And interestingly, the description of Christians as sheep happens 40 times in the New Testament, 21 times in the Gospel of John, and 16 in this chapter alone. So this chapter, this chapter 10, is the best definition or explanation of what it means to be a sheep and have Jesus as our shepherd. <clears throat> Do you know that Jesus refers to Christians as sheep more than any other description? Even more than disciples? So he calls us sheep more than he calls us disciples. So the first thing I want us to look at is sheep are dirty. They're actually dirty. Isaiah 53, 6 says, We all like sheep have gone astray, each one of us has turned to our own way. You know, when sheep are thirsty, you know what they'll do? They'll stop at a dirty puddle right in front of them instead of going like 20 feet to get clean, clear water. They'll just like, oh, that looks good. And they'll just actually start drinking it. They're actually content with filthy water as long as it satisfies them in that moment. I find that we're not much different. Many times we see a dirty puddle or, or sin... It's right in front of us and we go straight for it because we think it's going to satisfy our desires. But in reality, it's actually poisoning us. We engage in this instant gratification of sin in the moment, but we reap the destruction of it down the track. It's kind of like me and my relationship with KFC. <laughs> I just love KFC, right? But I know it's not good for me. <laughs> like I know I'm going to feel sick after eating it. It's just the way it is. But when I'm hungry, in that moment, all I can think about is how good it tastes in the mouth. And so I go in and, and I buy it and I eat it and then I'm like, oh, later I'm like, oh, that's why I should never buy that again. But for some reason, it's that instant gratification that just sucks me in. Sin's the same. Seems like a good idea in the moment, but we actually suffer later. Physically, we suffer. We either hurt ourselves or we hurt others relationally we suffer when we sin against people it breaks down relationships emotionally we suffer we feel guilt and, re and, and regret and spiritually we suffer we, we feel separated from God because of our sins and many times we know it will harm us just like I know KFC will yet because we're stubborn or blinded from the truth or simply lack judgment we just like sheep we engage in it and God compares us to sheep in the Bible because we don't always know what's good for us. 
Because sheep lack discernment and judgment, and frankly, they don't know what's good for them most of the time. And they're filthy animals too. They're super dirty and they stink. This whole, you know, um, snow white sheep, it's actually a myth. Go to a farm. Go up near the sheep. You can smell them a mile away. You're like, there's sheep around here. I can smell them. <laughs> like They're just over there. They really smell. They're dirty. They're wolves like the inside of a vacuum cleaner. Dirt and dust and mud and sticks and insects get stuck in the wool and they get stuck in the deep coat. Like a sponge is of water, wool is to dirt. It just sucks it up. And interestingly enough, when, if you go to different countries, wherever the sheep are, they'll actually mimic the colour of the soil around them. So if they're in a country with red dirt, their coat will get all red. If it's dark black soil, their coat will get really dark because it sucks up the dirt from the environment around it. Just like our sin clings to us, the more sin we sin, the dirtier we feel, the, the dirtier we get, and our sin piles up on us. And again, we feel physically dirty or emotionally or relationally or spiritually dirty. And, and it makes us smell because it separates us from God and others, right? No one wants to be around a dirty, smelly sheep. No one. So why would someone want to be around a repugnant person who's full of sin and hate and anger? And as the sheep get covered in the same color as the, as the environment around them and get stained from the environment, so do we. Because for some reason, it's okay in our culture to do certain things. And we think it's okay for Christians to do the same thing. You know the story of the, five, the 1,500 sheep I told you at the start that fell off? Apparently what happened is the sheep at the back couldn't see past the sheep at the front. And the sheep at the front couldn't stop because the ones at the back were just pushing them forward. And it's the same as us. We get carried away with the sin of the culture sometimes. And we just move with the pack and what we do is we start to reflect the culture and we start to blend in. Has anyone ever been surprised when they found out you're a Christian? They should never be surprised. It's really weird if someone's like, oh, you're a Christian, are you? That's weird. Didn't pick that. That means we've just blended in to the surrounding. That means we've blended in with everyone else. Christians should be a light in the darkness. So are people surprised when they find out you're a Christian? I suppose we need to ask ourselves, are we becoming more like the environment or are we a beautiful contrast to it? Isaiah 53, 6 says, We all, each and every one of us, me included, like sheep have gone astray. Each one of us has turned to our own way. Every one of us has sinned. Every one of us have a dirty coat. Every one of us have turned away from God and his law and his ways and turned to our own selfish ways. Second thing I want to look at is sheep are helpless and they're vulnerable. Matthew 9, 36 says, When Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus looks out at this crowd that's following him. He's like, they're like sheep without a shepherd. They're helpless. They're confused. They don't know where they're going. And I love this verse that says, but he had compassion. Jesus looks out and goes, wow, they're they're sheep without a shepherd. Maybe I could be that sheep. And did you know that, that sheep can't actually wash themselves or shear themselves or survive by themselves in that sense? So the dirt will actually eventually end up killing them. Look at this photo of this sheep. <clears throat> they found this sheep. <laughs> He's got no legs. No, it didn't get his legs chopped off. He just can't stand up. He is so full of wool and dirt that he literally can't stand. That's how filthy he is. And so what happens is he's then vulnerable to attack, right? 
like any predator can come and attack it. But also, it can't even get up to get its own water. And this is what sin does to us. It weighs us down. And our sin causes us actually to be spiritually dead, to be totally separated from God. The Bible says we're dead in our sins. Ephesians 2.2 says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its own desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. Who's Paul talking to here in the, in, the, in the Ephesian letter? He's talking to Christians. He said, you were, you were dead in your transgressions. This is what we were apart from Christ. And apart from Christ, we were following the ways of the world. We were getting tainted by the environment around us and we were being shepherded by Satan. He was the one leading us into our sin. And because we had this sin, we were actually deserving of wrath. We were spiritually dead in our sin. Isaiah 64, 6 says, For all of us have become one like one have become like one who is unclean. And all our righteous deeds are like filthier garments. And all of us wither like a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind take us away. Just like that sheep was destined to die because of the weight of the wool full of filth, we too are destined to total separation from God because of our sin. And unfortunately, sheep can't clean themselves. In fact, they actually hate water and they're afraid of it. Do you know why? Because if they get into water, once it gets up to a certain level on them, they just go, they tip over because they're top heavy, right? And they end up with their feet up in the air. They drown. So that, like, it's not a good idea for them to try and clean themselves because they actually drown, they actually die. And we're the same. We can't actually deal with our sin. We can't clean off our sin. We're actually helpless. We need a shepherd to take care of us. We need a shepherd to shear off that filthy coat that we, we might actually live. We're helpless and we're stained with sin and we're actually vulnerable to attack from the devil and the lust of the world in that. And God compares us to sheep in the Bible because we need his help because we're helpless. We need to be cleansed. But praise God, Jesus cleanses us, cleanses us from all sin by his blood. He gives us a new white coat of righteousness. 1 John 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And what? Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's the promise we get when we make Jesus our shepherd. Now that's all the bad stuff about sheep and the parallels with our sin nature. But there are some good things about sheep too. One of those things is that sheep listen to the voice of the shepherd. Verse 27 says, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Sheep are interesting animals because once they get to know and trust the shepherd, they'll follow him no matter where he leads them. No matter what's going on around them, they'll actually obey and they'll follow. And Jesus' call throughout the Gospels to his disciples and to other people is what? Follow me. He's going around, walking around, going, hey, follow me. That was his main call. That's his main understanding of what a disciple is meant to do. That was actually follow and obey him regardless of what's happening around us. Jesus wants us to be like sheep and trust him 100% and trust his word 100%. There's this, the well of Abraham. It's still there in the Middle East. So it's been there for thousands of years. 
And if you go there, you'll see the well and you'll see, like, say, a thousand sheep around it. There'll be like 10 shepherds there and they'll be watering the sheep. So there'll be one shepherd getting the water out and putting in the trough and the sheep will be drinking of it. And when one of the shepherds thinks, well, I think my sheep have had enough, he walks out and goes up onto the rise a little bit, whistles and calls out. And it's really bizarre. Out of the thousand sheep, a hundred of them go, look up. Then he whistles and calls again and they go, and they start moving towards him. They're spread out through all the other sheep, but they start pushing against the other sheep and they come out and they form their little flock and they go up and they follow the shepherd. It's bizarre. None of the other sheep hear it. Only those that know the shepherd. So the question to us is, can we discern the voice of God? Can we discern the difference between the voice of God and the voice of our flesh or even the voice of the enemy? When you're at work and you're in that situation, are we listening for the shepherd? Are we listening for the voice of God? Or are we listening to ourselves going, no, 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 I should say something here because I had the right to say it. Are we listening for the voice of the good shepherd when we're in our family, when maybe they were having an argument? Maybe God's asking us to forgive. Or when we have our, we're in our pleasures or with our money. Are we saying, God, what are you wanting me to do with this? Or do we just go, I don't want to hear the shepherd in that. That's my zone that I want to deal with. Or when chaos is all around us, and we've had this over the years, right? Where chaos is happening and, and are we listening for the shepherd voice? And I must confess, I don't always listen to the voice of the shepherd. There's times where I hear his voice and I'm like, oh, the well's pretty nice here. Like, there's lots of water here. You want to go up there? I know it's dry and arid and I don't know where you're going to lead me. So I think I'll stay here. Thank you very much. Right? We do that, don't we? We actually hear God's voice and we go, oh, I'm not sure that's the best idea. But that's not what sheep do. Sheep follow the voice of the shepherd. They don't follow anyone else's voice. They don't listen to anyone else's voice. They just follow and they respond in obedience. God wants us to listen and respond and be obedient to Jesus in our everyday life. 2 Corinthians 6.17 says, Therefore, come out from, from them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing and I will receive you and I will be a father to you and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Just as the sheep hear the call of the shepherd and they come out from the rest of the sheep, they push out because they're not part of that flock, God commands us not to go along with everyone else around us, not to go along with culture, but to be separate, to be different. Maybe to be love in the face of hate. Maybe to be forgiveness in the face of bitterness or righteousness in the face of rebellion or peace in the face of chaos or even self-control in the face of unbridled temptation. Do you obey the word of God and live a life that's actually different to the flock of sheep around you? The other thing is good about them that sheep are actually precious to the shepherd. In verse 7 we hear, Therefore Jesus said again, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture, and the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that they may have life, and they may have it to the full. You see, in the first century, sheep were super precious. Like If you had sheep, you were doing really well. Because they provided milk and wool and meat, all these essential things you need to survive. So sheep were so precious to the shepherds. 
You know, when the shepherds would actually bring the sheep into the, the pen or the, the, yeah, the pen, I think that's what they call it, they would be like piled up rocks all the way around. They'd make a pen and there'd be a short gap and the shepherd would stand in the gap and call his sheep and they would come and he would count them and he would know his sheep as they came in. And as they came in and as his last one came in, he would actually sit in the gap and become the gate. So he would protect his sheep that they wouldn't be lost, but he'd also protect them from any predators coming. That's how much the shepherd loved and cared for the sheep. He became the gate. And this is what Jesus does, right? Jesus becomes the gate. He says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's the enemy. The enemy wants to come and steal all of our joy. He wants to take away what we have with Jesus. But you know what? He can't get through. Because the King of kings and the Lord of lords is sitting in that gap. Once you are saved, you will never lose that salvation. Because Jesus is our assurance. The devil wants to bring death, but Jesus brings life. A.W. Tozer says, The only safe place for the sheep is by the side of the shepherd. Because the devil does not fear sheep, but he fears the shepherd. And then Jesus continues, he says, I'm the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. What we need to understand here, what Jesus is saying, is there's no other way to relationship with God. That there's only one way, and it's through the name of Jesus Christ. The only way we can deal with our sin. The only way we can be washed clean is not by doing good works, is by putting our faith and trust in Jesus. There's only one person. There's only one way, and that one way is Jesus. In verse 14, he says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, I lay my life down for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. This is the gospel right here. God loves us so much, he sees us as precious sheep. And Jesus says, you know what? I'm going to lay my life down for them. I'm going to sacrifice myself for them. Not just for the sheep of Israel, not just for the Jews, but for sheep from the other place. For Gentiles, Jews, Greeks, Aussies, New Zealanders, even Tasmanians. He's laying his life down for all of us, right? And he says, you know what? Not only that, I actually have the power to take it up again. Because I am Jesus Christ, the Messiah, I will rise again in victory over sin and death, and you guys will be cleansed. And you know what the response is from the Jewish opponents to the gospel? They rejected it. And again, the Jewish opponents picked up stones to stone him, which is literally meant to kill him. But Jesus said to them, I've shown you many good works from my Father. Which of these do you stone me? We're not stoning you for any good work, they replied, but for blasphemy, because you are mere men claimed to be God. They knew exactly what he was claiming. He was claiming to be God in the flesh. Jesus became a sheep, just like us, to save us. God became human, fully God and fully man. That would be like you becoming a dog to communicate and save your dog. That's a downgrade, right? Right? (laughs) You've got to humble yourself, like, quite a lot. But John the Baptist says, look, behold... The Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. God was willing to become an innocent, vulnerable sheep like us and sacrifice himself for the entire flock. 
There is a penalty for sin, and that is death. But Jesus steps forth and says, I'll be the one you can kill. I want to be the one who, who is the one that is sacrificed to, to the, so the others can escape the judgment. And this was foreshadowed in the Old Testament when they would take one perfect, perfect unblemished lamb and they would sacrifice it to cover the sins of all the people. Jesus was the perfect sinless sacrifice for our sin. And whoever believes and trusts that Jesus is their shepherd actually has forgiveness of sins and eternal life with him. It's beautiful. Glenn, do you want to come up, mate? In verse 27 to 30, it's, it's one of the most hope-filled verses in the entire Bible, I believe. He says, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life. They shall never perish. No one, listen to this, no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Jesus shows us who he is. He says, my sheep, my beloved sheep. They actually hear me and they follow me. But you know what? I give them the gift of eternal life. I actually give that to them. And no one can snatch them out of my hand. No one. The devil, nothing can take them out of my hand. You cannot lose your salvation once you put your faith and trust in Jesus. Do you know what? You can't even snatch yourself out of his hand. Because that would mean that you're stronger than the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And that's just not true. There is 100% security in salvation in Jesus. And he says, you can trust me because I'm God. I and the Father are one. That's the beauty and the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ. When we come to the Good Shepherd and we put our lives in his hands, we're actually forgiven. We're given security. We're precious. And above all, we're eternally loved. You know, King David sums up this security he found in God as one of his sheep in Psalm 23. We all know it. It says, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is a man who had everything, don't forget. He had fame, he had fortune, he had prestige, he was king. But he also went through some horrible trials and pain and loss. But he found everything he needed to deal with the good and the bad in God. The question is, are you one of the sheep of the flock of God? Is Jesus your shepherd? Do you listen to his voice and do you follow him? Max Licardo says, you have a God who hears you, the power of love behind you, the Holy Spirit within you, and all of heaven ahead of you. If you have the shepherd, you have the grace for every sin, direction for every turn, a candle for every corner, and an anchor for every storm. Are you a precious love sheep? a follower of the good shepherd, Jesus Christ. You want to have good news for you today. If you're not a follower of Jesus, you can be today. But what you need to do is you need to respond to that call that Jesus calls. He says, follow me. 
follow me. Let me be your guide. Let me be your comforter. Let me be your direction. And let me be your security. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you know, I come before you, Lord, as one who strays from the flock. And Lord, I know there are many of us here that there are times where we stray from the flock. Lord, would you forgive us? Lord, would you cleanse us from all unrighteousness? Lord, would you teach us to hear your voice, to know your ways? By the power of your Holy Spirit, may we walk in obedience and obey your call to, to follow you in all circumstances, knowing that you are a good shepherd, the one who lays his life down for the sheep. And if you've never received the gift of salvation, the shepherd's calling you today. And you might be sitting there and and you've never been or forgive, been forgiven or received that gift and, and it's open to you. You can just simply pray this prayer in your heart after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for your grace. I realize that sin is something I can't deal with. So I ask for your forgiveness. And I put my faith and trust in Jesus the good shepherd who died for me. And Heavenly Father, I ask for the power of your Holy Spirit that I would be born again. In Jesus' name, amen. And just in this moment, as we sing this next song, yeah, I'll be really convicted about listening to the voice of God listening to what God wants to do and being led by Him in, in all spheres of life. And so as they sing this first song, I, I'm going to be listening. I really encourage you to do the same. Listen. Say, God, what are you saying? Say, Lord, your servant is here. Speak. And let God speak into whatever situation He wants to speak into. You know, I remember a time where I was up the back in worship when I just used to volunteer on the Connect team at Rabina before I was a pastor. And I really struggled with the love of God. So I didn't have the best relationship with my dad. And I remember just being in worship and, and, this and I just heard this voice in my heart say, I love you. That was it. And it just broke me. I didn't know what to do with it. But God actually knew what my heart needed. He knew it needed healing. He need, knew it needed reorientation upon him. So as we sing, as we're in this moment, ask God to speak to you. He knows you. He loves you. He thinks you're precious.